Book Four, Chapter Eleven of Henrietta Temple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Asha Elizabeth Pramod. Henrietta Temple by Benjamin Disraeli. Book Four, Chapter Eleven. In which Ferdinand begins to be a little troublesome. From the moment of this happy slumber, Ferdinand continued to improve. Each day the bulletin was more favorable, until his progress, though slow, was declared certain, and even relapse was no longer apprehended. But his physician would not allow him to see any one of his family. It was at night, and during his slumbers, that Lady Armine stole into his room to gaze upon her beloved child, and if he moved with the slightest degree, faithful to her promise and the injunction of the physician, she instantly glided behind his curtain, or a large Indian screen which she had placed there purposely. Often, indeed, did she remain in this fond lurking place, silent and trembling, then her child was even awake, listening to every breath, and envying the nurse that might gaze on him undisturbed. Nor would she allow any sustenance that he was ordered to be prepared by any but her own fair, fond hands, and she brought it herself even to his door. For Ferdinand himself, there his replies to the physician sufficiently attested the healthy calmness of his mind. He indeed otherwise never spoke, but lay on his bed without repining, and seemingly plunged in mild and pensive abstraction. At length, one morning, he inquired for Glastonbury, who, with the sanction of the physician, immediately attended him. When he met the eye of that faithful friend, he tried to extend his hand. It was so worn that Glastonbury trembled while he touched it. "'I've given you much trouble,' he said in a faint voice. "'I think only of the happiness of your recovery,' said Glastonbury. "'Yes, I'm recovered,' murmured Ferdinand. "'It was not my wish.' I will be grateful to God for this great mercy, my Ferdinand. You have heard nothing? inquired Ferdinand. Glastonbury shook his head. Fear not to speak. I can struggle no more. I am resigned. I am very much changed. You will be happy, dear Ferdinand, said Glastonbury, to whom this mood gave helps. Never, he said in a more energetic tone. Never. There are so many that love you, said Glastonbury, leading his thoughts to his family. Love, exclaimed Ferdinand, with a sigh, and in a tone almost reproachful. Your dear mother, said Glastonbury. Yes, my dear mother, replied Ferdinand musingly. Then, in a quicker tone, Does she know of my illness? Did you write to them? She knows of it. 
She'll be coming, then. I dread her coming. I can bear to see no one. You, dear Glastonbury, you. It is a consolation to see you, because he has seen. And here his voice faltered. We have seen her. My Ferdinand, think only of your health, and happiness, believe me, will yet be yours. If you could only find out where she is, continued Ferdinand, and go to her, yes, my dear Glastonbury, good, dear Glastonbury, go to her, he added in an imploring tone. She would believe you, everyone believes you, I cannot go. I am powerless, and if I went, alas, she would not believe me. It is my wish to do everything you desire, said Glastonbury. I should be content to be ever labouring for your happiness, but I can do nothing unless you are calm. I am calm. I will be calm. I will act entirely as you wish. Only I beseech you see her. On that head, let us at present say no more, replied Glastonbury, who feared that excitement might lead to relapse. Yet anxious to soothe him, he added, Trust in my humble services ever, and in the bounty of a merciful providence. I've had frightful dreams, said Ferdinand. I thought I was in a farmhouse. Everything was so clear, so vivid. Night after night, she seemed to be sitting on this bed. I touched her. Her hand was in mine. It was so burning hot. Once, oh, once, once I thought she had forgiven me. Hush, hush, hush. No more. We will speak of her no more. Then comes my mother. You may see her tomorrow or the day after. Ah! Glastonbury, she is here. She is. Is she alone? Your father is with her. My mother and my father? It is well. Then after a minute's pause, he added with some earnestness, Do not deceive me, Glastonbury. See what deceit has brought to me. Are you sure that they are quite alone? There are none here but your dearest friends, none whose presence should give you the slightest care. There is one, said Ferdinand. Dear Ferdinand, let me now leave you, or sit by your side in silence. Tomorrow you'll see your mother. Tomorrow, ah, tomorrow. Once to me, tomorrow was brighter even than today. He turned his back and spoke no more. Glastonbury glided out of the room. End of Book 4, Chapter 11 Recording by Asher Elizabeth Pramod